0: Now let us talk about a subject that is very close to all of us here, one which has presented many mysteries to us, but which can be made very clear if you are willing. The Christian revelation is one that concerns individual being. There is no mass demonstration about Christianity. The kingdom of God is within you. It has nothing to do with masses. It has to do with an individual, you. Healing is always an individual experience. It's always rise, pick up your bed, and walk. That's not addressed to a mass. That's addressed to an individual. What did hinder you? That's to an individual, not to a mass. Christianity deals with individual you, individual me. It promises no maus salvation. As the 91st Psalm says, if you dwell in the secret place of the Most High, none of these evils will come nigh your dwelling place. But a thousand may fall at your left and ten thousand at your right, so does Jesus Christ confirm that when he says, If you abide in me and let my word abide in you, you will bear fruit richly. But if you do not, then he tells you the lack of fruitage that will come into your experience. So it is that we wonder often why we do not receive the healings that we seek, or why they come more slowly than we believe they should. But we do not remember that a healing is the result of a change of consciousness. And uh, we like to think that we can turn for help to God, to Jesus Christ, or to a practitioner or teacher of today, and just stay the same human being today that we were yesterday, and by some kind of a miracle, God's grace is going to descend upon us and make us healthy, wealthy, and wise when it doesn't happen well i i have had letters saying to me i thought that you claimed that you healed but i'm not getting any better i can understand that too (laughs) in the sermon on the mount which certainly is understood to be the greatest piece of writing that ever was, we are presented with two ways of life. And we have a choice, so it would seem. Ye have heard it said of old, We might pick out a few of those passages just for <coughs> unfoldment to see what happens with these. Or he tells us here in the fifth chapter of Matthew which is the Sermon on the Mount think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets I am not come to destroy but to fulfill that's a horrible indictment because it actually means that if we bring ourselves under the law we have no right to believe that the Christ will free us we will fulfill ourselves under the law Because he says, Whosoever, therefore, shall break one of these least commandments, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. Now he says, and this is the crux of it, when you think of spiritual healing, think of this. For I say unto you that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, ye shall in no wise enter into the kingdom of heaven. Now, the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees was this. They obeyed the law to the fullest. They really obeyed the law. They did not disobey the law. And if that's the best you can do, it isn't good enough because obeying the law is the least of uh, the christ teaching except your righteousness be greater than obeying the law and now let's see how he defines that Ye have heard that it was said by them of old time thou shalt not kill whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment." So the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees would be this. They would not kill. They would be obedient to that law, and they would not kill. But that isn't enough. That is just enough to be a good Hebrew. That is just good enough to be one of the scribes and Pharisees one of those who obey the law, but who cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. Because whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. Whosoever shall say, Thou fool, shall be in danger of hell fire. Now witness this difference. If you are in obedience to the law and refrain from murder, you are under the law and you will never be punished for murder. But if that is all you can do, neither will you gain entrance to heaven. For to gain entrance to heaven means to have a state of mind, a state of consciousness, that does not fight back that does not resist evil that does not set up defenses or pick up the sword there is the difference between judaism as it was taught of old christianity as it came in later the hebrews as a whole were a good people a righteous people a law-abiding people but they could not enter the kingdom of heaven that same thing applies today only today it makes no difference whether it's hebrew or whether it's christian because actually there are no christian churches all all of whom we have any knowledge all would be classified as good Hebrews, because in all churches they are taught to obey the law, and nothing beyond that. And it is the beyond that that entails spiritual demonstration and spiritual healing, so that even if you never committed murder, never committed adultery, never never stole, never did any of those things that are mentioned in the ten commandment you still would gain no entrance into spiritual living spiritual healing or spiritual whatever it is that is called heaven harmony now as you go along you find therefore if thou bring thy gift to the altar and there rememberest that thy brother hath aught against thee leave there thy gift before the altar, and go thy way. First be reconciled to thy brother, and then come and offer thy gift." Now, just imagine that if you came to the altar, and left your tithe there, and attended the service, and went through all the rites and ceremonies of the church, you still would be nothing more than a good scribe or Pharisee, a good Hebrew because until you took the next step you would not be able to enter the kingdom of heaven and the next step is described as becoming reconciled to thy brother now of what does that consist because again it has no relationship to going out and saying do you forgive me or i forgive you that again is nothing but a ceremony or a rite. to become reconciled to thy brother means to be able to go off in the corner and ask yourself the question, is man mortal or material? Are we dealing with human beings, some good and some bad, or is my brother the Son of God? Do I accept the fact that all being is spiritual, that God is the only Father of this race? Therefore, all of us are brothers in Christ. That is being reconciled when an individual sits in their own home or in their own church without another soul knowing what is going on in his mind and becomes reconciled, opens himself to the realization that not that I'm not bigoted, not that I'm not prejudiced, but I have nothing to be bigoted about or prejudiced about because there is only one creative principle of life that is one god one father of us all therefore we are united in him we live and move and have our being in him in what the master called the household of god all one family on the outer plane we may not be able to mingle with each other that way For the simple reason that each one fills a place in their own cultural background social background commercial background but that doesn't mean that up here that we are holding each other in bondage to those appearances but rather that within us we are making the acknowledgement of one you see unless we can do that even though we have obeyed all the laws and been to church and been through all the ceremonies we cannot enter the kingdom of heaven now as you go through the sermon on the mount we'll come down here just a little way for this example ye have heard that it hath been said an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth now let's admit this won't you that it isn't only brother shylock who felt that way but that that is the measure of the human race and that's the code by which the human race lives you sin and you go to prison if you get caught regardless of what you do. It's an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. It's always being demanded of us, and we demand of the other. But I say unto you that ye resist not evil. But whosoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if any man will sue thee at the law, and take away thy coat, let him have thy cloak also. And that today is interpreted as being impossible to do. Now, the question will not arise in this room as to whether or not it is possible to accomplish. There is only one question that will come up here tonight, and that is, there is no other way of entering the kingdom of heaven than achieving it so if it's so impossible give up also the belief or possibility of attaining heaven harmony or even spiritual healing because until we can bring ourselves to that state of consciousness whether or not we're ever called upon to prove it in life but to bring ourselves to that state of consciousness in which we can take whatever it is that the human world measures out to us without the desire for revenge or vengeance without the desire to get back at without the desire to see even the wrongdoers punished in other words ours would have to be the same measure that the master showed at his capture when peter took out the sword Put up thy sword. For those that live by the sword will die by the sword. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. He did not ask God to punish them, nor did He say, God will punish you, nor did He say, you will get what's coming to you, but, Father, forgive them. Now, yes, I heard that. It isn't easy course it isn't the master said that the master said it wasn't easy few there be that enter that's how difficult it is few there be that enter But with us as we are on this spiritual journey the question doesn't come up whether it's difficult or easy nor does it come up will we succeed even that question doesn't come up all that comes up is is this true and can we determine to try it now you know each one of us is entitled to 490 failures before it counts against them so there should be no fear in our thought that well we can't succeed we don't have to succeed all we have to do and all we're called upon to do is acknowledge that this is the spiritual mode of life, and that insofar as the grace of God permits, I will live up to that teaching which is embodied under the part that says, I say unto you. The part that says, "He have heard it said of old, that's the part that we have to relinquish the part that says but i say unto you is the part that we accept Now well, supposing we do accept it tonight and uh, fall down in trying to live up to it tomorrow that's only one out of 490 seventy times seven we're going to be forgiven for our failures so let's not worry about failure let's not worry about whether it's impossible to achieve let us agree among ourselves is our aim in life being a good human being and obeying the laws and not being sent to jail and so forth or do we have the higher goal of entering the kingdom of heaven now wherever there is a willingness on the part of an individual to be transformed into the image and likeness of God, you will find a receptive consciousness with which to work for spiritual living and spiritual healing. It is the individual who is steeled against any willingness to change from being what he is that gives us the resistance that we often cannot overcome. It is the individual sometimes who is, I don't mean the sinner, oh, heavens, if I could only have all sinners to work with, what an easy path I'd have! (coughs) Oh, how willing the sinners are to give up their sins! How eagerly they, they reach out to us to help them, to show them the way! But, oh, Oh, the good man or woman who is so set in believing that they haven't killed anybody, and haven't robbed anybody, and haven't committed adultery, then why should this happen to me? Oh, no! No! Spiritual living entails a softness, a gentleness, a yielding. There must be a yielding consciousness there must be a willingness to let go of this idea of he did it to me and i'll do it twice back to him there must be a yielding from this not understanding the viewpoint of those who are our enemies because if they are wrong our attitude will only settle them more in their wrongness whereas the ability to say father forgive them to bring to them a gentleness a a willingness that they be opened is the thing that makes room in their very consciousness for a change of mind a change of heart a willingness to see as you follow this you will find give to him that asketh of thee there again it is not resisting here of course is the most difficult ye have heard that it hath been said there we are back of old thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy but i say unto you love your enemies bless them that curse you do good to them that hate you and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you and then he tells you why that ye may be children of God now here we are we walk around in our metaphysical wisdom and we declare that we are the children of God and over and over again we repeat it and we hope that by much mouthing of it it'll come true <laughs> but affirmations will make us the children of God but praying for our enemies well forgiving our enemies well having a softness to this world a yielding attitude will make us children of god now it is the children of god that are joint heirs with christ and never forget that and never forget that you are not a child of god no matter how many affirmations you make until you begin to fulfill this part of the new of the sermon on the mount that has to do with i say unto you it's a very strange thing that so few people can accept that this master says for he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust it seems strange according to our human code that god does not punish sinners and of course he doesn't mean that sinners go unpunished because he has earlier revealed how sin is punished with what measure ye meet that's the measure that you get back as ye sow so shall ye reap So the punishment is there, but the punishment isn't from God. The punishment is in our own fulfilling of the law of good or the law of evil. For if ye love them which love you, what reward have you? Do not even the publicans the same? And isn't it true that the human race, as a rule, does love those who love them? but oh the difficulty oh the difficulty the other way i had the experience many many years ago when i was serving in an organization that was trying to get our government to send food to china and to india and at that time the Chinese and the Indians were just falling in the streets and dying of starvation and at that very time we were plowing under our crops we were paying farmers not to raise crops and here were these people starving and the only answer we could get from Washington is they're not our friends now that's not unusual that's not unusual I have said to groups before this that even humanly we could ensure peace on earth for hundreds of years to come i'm not speaking now of our spiritual demonstration that will come but even humanly there is a way that would within 24 hours wipe out all possibility of war you see In the Middle East, there are over a million Muslims in one concentration camp, and they are being supported by the United Nations at the rate of 25 cents per day, which has to cover food, lodging, clothing, education, medical expenses. On the other side, There are somewhat over 250,000 Hebrews who have been thrown out of Algeria and Egypt. And they also are in concentration camps because there's no place for them to go. And they also get 25 cents a day for the same noble purpose. I have traveled in the areas in uh, the Near East and the East. And I've seen numbers totaling into the millions who are living on that same 25 cents a day. And there is where all of the danger of war is coming from. If war comes, it will be between the Jews and the Muslims, or it will be between the Muslims and the Christians, or it will be between the communists and the nationalists. Why? not so much because of the governments, but because of the people who are starving, the people who are living a whole generation without the chance of going into a schoolroom, without the chance of having adequate clothing on their back, and never once being adequately fed. That's where our breathing places are right now of the danger of war. And I can tell you it would be very difficult to foment a war if all of those people were being taken care of. And knew that there was love on earth somebody that cared you wouldn't get them into armies to fight but this way they don't need arms and ammunition just give them a pocket knife and they'll go to war and you can't blame them from the standpoint of where they are at the moment and so it is when the master says then what reward have you if you love those that love you what reward have you when you send food and clothing and even arms of protection to your own allies and your own friends, for do not even the publicans the same? What? What? And if you salute your brethren only, what do you more than the others? Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. And that perfection, I go back again, can only be individual, it can't be collective neither you nor i can be responsible for what is done by our governments we can to the best of our ability vote according to our own intelligence where voting is allowed but that is not the answer we cannot force our governments, any of us to do anything it doesn't want to do therefore we cannot hold ourselves responsible for mass action but it isn't the government that has driven you and me to the spiritual way of life it is our individual salvation that concerns us we are not here to live and move and have our being in spiritual consciousness because of any mass movement it is because individually you and i have been compelled to seek the spiritual life so it is that even though we may not be and as i say i have served with committees trying to bring about these better conditions and with no success i know now that that is not our function our function is to perform these things to the best of our ability individually in groups where possible there are ways the first way of course is that we acknowledge the rightness of this before we acknowledge the rightness of it we can't act on it but if we can acknowledge that yes i have loved my relatives and my friends i have made provision for sending my children to school and possibly even helped out some of our community but according to this have i gone far enough when it dawns on your consciousness that you haven't and you begin to search yourself, very quickly you will find ways and means, not merely physically or financially, but sometimes only spiritually through prayer, to help set your brother free. Whether you free him of punishment by praying for forgiveness, whether you do no more than become reconciled with your brother inside of yourself and recognize that God's grace must be a universal activity and that it must fall on the just and the unjust if only we succeed to that extent we have opened our consciousness for the dawn of spiritual realization which results in what we call spiritual healing consciousness is now open to receive the grace of god because the healing spiritual healing is an act of grace. It's not the act of a human being. It is an act of grace. But an individual must themselves open their consciousness to receive an act of grace, and the Master has shown us how we can do it. When we have a transformation of consciousness so that we no longer live only by the law When we're no longer just satisfied that we're not breaking the Ten Commandments and that we are contributing to our community chest or so forth and on, but when we've gone a step further than all that and become to open ourselves to this spiritual living and read the Sermon on the Mount read it a thousand times until it impresses itself upon you that there are two ways of life the way the world is living now, the old Hebrew way, you have heard it said of old, or the new dispensation which he gave and which has not yet been accepted, that of living according to a divine grace, living according to a law of love, but not loving your neighbor who is your friend, but loving the neighbor who is also your enemy then you'll find that you yourself have opened your own consciousness to grace because you're reconciling yourself with your brother you're loving the enemy is itself an act of grace and that's what heals healing can't come to you from another healing has to come to you from within your own being it has to be you placing your bread upon the waters And then it's your bread that comes back to you so that healing means opening and giving letting flow life truth love forgiveness justice mercy when that happens an act of grace has been performed by you and the act of grace heals you even jesus when he was healing could do no more then open the consciousness of those (coughs) who are healed. And they themselves then had to, by some act of acceptance, provide the opportunity for that grace to perform. Stretch forth thine hand. Who could stretch forth a crippled hand? Nobody. So there had to be a release before the hand could be released who what cripple can rise and pick up his bed while he's crippled no until the mind is uncrippled the body's got to remain crippled so it is we have practitioners and we have spiritual teachers on earth today and they come to us to open our consciousness to this form of life not to insisting that we can go on being the old hebrews and have Christian healing, but that we have to open ourselves to a Christian way of life so that the Christian grace can enter. And I don't mean Christian as a religion, you could just well be a Mohammedan or Hindu or a Confucianist or Buddhist and have Christian grace, because by Christian I mean only spiritual, divine. You see, It's a strange thing when you're in this work and you come up against the adamant human thought that just is going to be a human being forever, but of course they're going to add a little spiritual healing to it and then find surprise that it doesn't work. If your spiritual study and your practitioner or your teacher doesn't bring about in you a change of consciousness to where there is a greater love a greater forgiveness a greater forbearance a greater sense of justice a greater sense of peace they're not preparing you for a spiritual healing and if by chance you do have a healing which often happens through the practitioner's state of grace and it has resulted in no state of grace or change of consciousness in you your healing is nothing more or less than having been sick yesterday and well tomorrow with the possibility of being more sick tomorrow you see do not sin again lest the worst thing come upon you do not go back and get angry with your brother do not get unforgiving do not get unloving do not get uncharitable do not go back to just fulfilling the law again because you'll be under the law but when you come to a spiritual teaching and you read the inspired passages in some of these writings any of the writers who have written on spiritual things i don't know how it's possible to be a human being again i don't know how it's possible to believe that you can come into the atmosphere of these mystics these who have lived in god and with god and through god and then draw the conclusion that you can go on being that same kind of a human being and get some of the grace that that person's had whose life testifies to their willingness to live according to i say unto you so it is that when you come to the next chapter and you read about do not your arms before men to be seen of them again you have to be reminded of this god is closer to you than breathing and nearer than hands and feet if what you do is meant to please men you don't have any idea at all in your mind unless you want to fool yourself that your thought is on pleasing god because it isn't when you're ready to please god you don't care whether your brother knows about it or not or your fellow man when you are serving god you're not interested in whether anybody sees it knows it or hears about it you have no interest in what man thinks about you because at that time your heart and soul and your mind are on fulfilling the demands of god not of men how many times have the martyrs been martyred how many times have they been led to the stake for violating the law. How many times have they been crucified or burned in oil for violating the law? Who cared? The martyrs? No, they broke the law to suit their own convenience. They care about the law. They are preaching Christ. And if man gets in their way, man's got to get out of their way. If not, they're willing to pay the penalty for it. But nothing is going to stop them preaching Christ, not even protecting themselves from jail or. Mistake. So it is that if you catch the vision of the Sermon on the Mount, you will engage in certain <laughs> philanthropies, but you will come to the realization now that you're not doing it for man or to be seen of men or to be thanked by man, but for the fulfilling of a spiritual law of love. And one thing is sure that in omnipresence, your Heavenly Father that seeth in secret rewarded openly so does with prayers when we meet here and pray together which is what our meditations amount to it's not praying to be seen of men because we're not here for that type of prayer we are here and nor are we praying for anything we are here for instruction from the father quite a different thing then if we went out of here and then met someplace just for the purpose of praying. Be sure, then, we would be saying, well, you did that to be seen of men. Here, we're here for instruction. Whatever goes on here is for nobody's glory. Whatever goes on here is merely for our mutual instruction in the things of Christ. But I should hate to go out of this room and conduct a public prayer somewhere some of you who have been with me in san francisco is there anybody here may remember how we stopped that thing of praying over collections in public halls but quickly that was stopped how nonsensical to get out in a public hall and start praying to god for uh, increased supply sad enough to do it in secret without making a, a mocking spectacle of it in public now the kingdom of god is within you here it is right where i am right where you are and if i have to go to god i have to go within or i'm not going to god i'm going to man do i believe the kingdom of god is within me you know i do and that is why i'm willing to spend my time in contemplation Meditation, tabernacling with the Father within me, and the Father that seeth and knows whether I'm on the level or not inside rewardeth accordingly. If I'm not, there's no use trying to fool the infinite intelligence of the universe or the divine love of the universe, because what it seeth in secret, that's the measure that comes back. Do you not see now that in establishing in reconciling yourself with your brother it isn't necessarily a public act it is going within to the father and acknowledging what our wrong is writing it within ourselves and then stepping forth in agreement that I must not sin again unless the worst thing come upon me and even if it weren't going to come upon me I have no right to go back to positions outgrown you see the Christian life is an individual life There are no rules or regulations. There are no commandments. There is merely the injunction or the reminder that as we sow inside of our own being, the Father that seeth in secret will see that we reap. And our righteousness must exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, because we must find a way of life that conforms to a spiritual standard and not a human standard but thou when thou fastest anoint thine head and wash thy face that thou appear not unto men to fast. appear <coughs> not to fast. how many times i've said let's keep our business suits on and not wear uniforms and let's keep our uh, ordinary conversational tones not the sanctimonious business not let's pretend to the world how sanctimonious we are or even try to convince them we are when the only one we have to convince is the father within and there's only one way to convince the father within not with words or with thought but by a mode of life that conforms to the sermon on the mount you see spiritual healing is a two-way project a practitioner or teacher on the spiritual path cannot do very much healing if they are living alive because it isn't the words that a practitioner thinks or speaks or writes that heals it's the state of consciousness in which they are living on the inside that is what opens the healing grace. The words in their lips can be lies. The thoughts in their mind can be foul. But when the life is lived inside, then the Father that seeth in secret is there. In other words, then, the healing agency is not words or thoughts. It is a state of consciousness. A state of consciousness that is imbued with a spiritual message and that is seeking not that it succeeds to any too great an extent, but that is continuously seeking to live above the law of the scribes and the Pharisees. Now, that's the one-way part of spiritual healing. The practitioner or the teacher must have come to some measure of living by grace instead of by human modes or means but the second part is uh, the patient or student and that doesn't mean that a patient or student will not be healed uh, until they're perfect No, no no most of the healing takes place through the practitioner state of grace but it does mean this that there are some things that will not go out except by prayer and fasting that will not go out Until there has been a change of consciousness in the patient or student but primarily it means that even though you have your healing physically you have not advanced yourself a bit towards spiritual life until you yourself begin to yield to the spiritual impulses now that doesn't involve asceticism that doesn't involve not enjoying life that merely involves what the Sermon on the Mount says, taking this attitude of life which is not out seeking forever to establish its own good and uh, which is not out fighting uh, the human injustices except by prayer, by forgiveness. It's it's a change of an inner life more than it is an out. Children respond so easily to spiritual healing because they have not, in most cases, built up that adamant sense of self. is there a way to achieve some measure of this without the use of willpower and force and the answer is yes the answer that we have discovered in the infinite way is this that from the moment that you accept that there is neither good nor evil in person thing or condition in that moment the inner yielding begins because you are no longer fighting or opposing person or thing the very moment that you can meditate now follow us in this meditation there is a spirit in man spirit of god every individual is in his true being the offspring of a spiritual creator every individual is endowed Spiritual qualities and spiritual faculties. Every individual has soul capacities, God qualities, God instincts. Every individual is born in the very image and likeness of God, lives and moves and has its being in God. The good of that individual isn't the good of the individual at all it's the good of god shining through master says why callest thou me good there is but one good so all of the good individuals that i know in the world they're not good god is good and it is god's good that is shining through there is no evil for in this entire creation we have just described there could be no such thing as evil in all of god's kingdom there could be no evil as there could be no good in person there can be no evil in person good is a quality of god and evil has no qualities it occupies no space again it's an image in thought there is no good and there is no evil not in person, nor in condition. Evil has no real existence, anyhow. That is agreed, everyone agrees on that. Even in the world of science, it is agreed that there is no such thing as a condition of evil. That which appears as evil is a negative or an absence of good. So there's no such thing as an entity or an identity called evil. There is no evil there is no good now if we use our own old illustration of the hand here's my hand extended to you and i sit back here and say to you it is neither a good hand nor an evil hand because this hand can't do evil but it can't do good the best it can do is be an instrument for me. So of itself there's no good and there's no evil and so you can go from your body through your body from head to foot and you will find this that your body has not a single quality of good or evil in it it has no power of acting it is absolutely an instrument given to you for your use you can use your body in the human sense of both good and evil you can use it or misuse it but remember this that you have to be in that human sense that acknowledges both good and evil but supposing that you accept this teaching that there is neither good nor evil now you can't use your body either for good or evil you can't even use it now it goes back to scripture your body is the temple of the living god just think what happens in your consciousness in this second when you realize that in abandoning the belief in good and evil you've made it impossible for you to use your body for good or evil now you've left it as an instrument of god that which was originally intended to be know you not that your body is the temple of the living god how can there be any good in it how can there be any bad in it all that can be in it is god government god life and it has the age of god don't ever forget that the moment you give up the belief that this hand has evil or good in it you then see that the body has neither good nor evil in it. It has no age in it, and it has no youth. Don't forget all the people who are priding themselves on their youth today are going to be laughing a different tune in a few years. Because as long as there's good and evil in their mind, there will be good and evil in their body, young and old in their body, sickness and health in their body. But don't be concerned because i repeat over and over and over again the story of my hand the illustration of my hand be grateful to be reminded over and over and over again this hand cannot do good or do evil i can but i is god and because i is god there is neither good nor evil there is only god government whatever that may be we do not use the body for good we do not use the body for evil there is neither good nor evil there is only god governing itself and this body is an instrument of god the temple of the living god every bit of this body responds to god impulse not to a good human impulse or a bad human impulse but to a god impulse every speck of this body is receptive and responsive to God's government, God's laws, God's life, God's wisdom, God's love. Everyone leads the monastic life the very moment they agree that nothing good nor evil can enter here, only God. God is in His temple. hold anything you want in your mind any object look right at it and realize that of itself it can do nothing of itself it can't be good or bad of itself it can't live or die of itself it is nothing but a dead image and whatever it becomes you are empowering it and if you're living in a world of good and evil You can give it the power to be good and you can give it the power to be evil but if you withdraw good and evil go back into the original eden where there was neither good nor evil and you will find that you have given your body to god god's government god's law god's life god's wisdom god's love and nothing else can operate In or on or through your body. That's accepting spiritual life, spiritual government, spiritual jurisdiction, a spiritual life, a spiritual being, and a spiritual body. Thank you.